Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service and invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. On the face of it, today's scripture feels like it is really irrelevant to our daily lives, right? It's sort of this argument between the sort of rule, the, the religious leaders of Jesus's community and Jesus is giving this sort of complicated teaching about what it means to consume the flesh of Jesus, like what it means for Jesus to be bread. And some of the commentaries even that I read this week are all about how like by the time the Gospel of John was being written, there was this complex debate around uh, our theology of Holy Communion and whether or not we should take the the consumption of the bread and the wine as literal uh, body and blood. And so this sort of debate between Jesus and the religious leaders in this uh, community is sort of embodying that debate that was happening in the first century. Um, and there's some really cool stuff out there. If you wanted to take a deep dive into some scriptural theology and how that may have been uh, working in the midst of the first century, there's some great stuff out there. But the more and more I read the passage, the more I started to sense Jesus speaking in the same sort of mystical way that he does through the rest of the Gospel of John. It didn't feel like an argument about our communion table theology to me. It felt very similar to the argument that Jesus has in the third chapter of the Gospel of John, where he meets this man, Nicodemus, under the cover of darkness, right? Nicodemus is so embarrassed and scared to be talking to Jesus because of everything that he represents. He's sort of overturning everything about their religious order and drawing them in this new direction. And it's really exciting as much as it is terrifying and intimidating. And because of all that, it just becomes really complicated. And so Nicodemus, under the cover of darkness, comes to Jesus and asks him about what it means to live this eternal life that Jesus is um, bearing forth in the world. And Jesus says, uh, you must be born again. And Nicodemus asks the same question that the religious leaders ask in the sixth chapter that we just heard Piper read for us. How is that possible, right? Nicodemus asked, how is it possible to be born again? You can't go back into your mother's womb. That doesn't make sense. And then the religious leaders in the sixth chapter ask a similar question, like how could he possibly mean we consume that this man standing in front of us is bread that we're supposed to consume? Just confusing. Because Jesus is using, or in my understanding, Jesus is using a really beautiful metaphorical teaching to talk to us about his fundamental identity. He is one who brings new life. For Nicodemus, right? He talks about what it means to be born again. Jesus is the one who brings new life. Okay, if we're living this new life as 
um, people who are following in this way, who are following Jesus and trying to um, step from one life into another, leaving the old one behind and stepping into this new one where we're following after Jesus. What does all that mean, right? It's a really sort of complicated question. So uh, the people who are following him ask the right question, right? What is it? How do we nourish ourselves? What does it mean to be nourished in this new life? What does it mean to be nourished in eternity? What does it mean to live in an eternal life? Uh, what bread will we eat? How do we make sure that we have the resources that we need? What does it look like to be eternal beings, to be faithful beings. And Jesus starts using himself again as the metaphor. I am the bread of life. I am the one providing nourishment to the world. Anyone who comes to receive of this nourishment, anyone who takes a bite of my flesh, drinks of my blood, will experience new, abundant, transformed, and nourished life. And in order to sort of pull that whole idea apart, right, to understand what Jesus means, uh, one, we need to be praying, first and foremost, because it's a confusing thing. Like, it's not, this isn't information that's meant to be absorbed in our brain and processed. It's meant to be experienced. What does it mean to consume the incarnated presence of God. You know, in the first century and in the, uh, th these people who are trying to, to navigate life, they're looking to Jesus as this nourishment. And for us, it's the same, but there's really important language. And I, I'm going to grab my Bible. There's this really beautiful thing that happens in the very first chapter of the Gospel of John. Usually we read this on the Sunday after Christmas, which means Many of y'all may not have heard it read in church. That's often a day that I think all of us go on vacation or we're with family or whatever the case may be. But the passage is so beautiful. And I'm going to read uh, this section out of the first chapter, right? And I want you to be prayerfully listening to what Jesus might mean when he talks about himself as the bread of life, just by reading this passage. Ready? In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into the being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into the being through the Word was life. Hold that. And the life was a light for all people. The light shines and the darkness, and the darkness does not extinguish the light. A man named John was sent from God. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him everyone would believe in the light. He himself was not the light, but his mission was to testify concerning the light. The true light that shines on all people was coming into the world. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light, but the world did not recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people did not welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood, nor from human desire and passion, but born from God. Right? Again, but those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born from God, new birth.
continuing verse 14, the word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and full of truth. John's whole gospel is a beautiful and mystical retelling of all of human history through a new understanding of God, not as a distant God or an advising God or a God ruling over nations and empires, but instead John is painting a new picture of a new reality where Jesus serves as the head of all creation as the one who was there from the very beginning. What does it mean to consume Christ? It means to absorb the very creative, essential, light-giving, sustaining presence of God. What does that mean? It means stepping out from a life that may feel tedious and overwhelming and frustrating, not to escape it, but to acknowledge a greater reality. That all of this in our Clyde Shepherd nature preserve right around the corner from the church points to the incarnated presence of God. I was on a spiritual retreat a few years ago, and um, I was doing a silent retreat in a, a sort of monastic community. And when, in my experience, when you do a silent retreat, you're usually assigned a spiritual director to sort of help you walk along the path. And um, when I met with my spiritual director at the time, I was writing a lot of papers and thinking a lot, and all my faith was really like in my head. Everything that I thought about God was some like really strict theological stance. And um, I was talking to her about my experience of silence and my experience of sort of navigating this retreat. And she paused and looked at me and she said, Patrick, you have been reading too much from the written word of God. She said, I challenge you to step out of these doors and dwell in what she called the green book, to take joy in the presence of God here and now, not through words or theologies or ideas, but instead dwelling, consuming, being nourished by the flesh of our incarnate God as God manifests God's self in the sounds of birds and in the sounds of squirrels fighting in the tree and the sound of the wind pushing the leaves together and allow that simple moment to nourish you for the next day. What I've noticed is that I have gotten over the last couple of months, especially these last couple of weeks, as the pandemic has sort of gone through its new 
wave is I am more and more and more attached to my things. I'm more attached to my phone and to my computer and to, frankly, air conditioning and all the things that provide me comfort on a day-to-day -day basis while also providing stress to me on a day-to-day -day basis. And the reminder that I needed as I was reading scripture may be similar to the one that you needed. These things have the capacity for great good, but also have the capacity for great distraction. And when I am distracted, I am no longer consuming the presence of God. So I stepped out here, sweating and standing in the direct sunlight, which, you know, the sun moves. So I was in shade and now I'm not. <laughs> and that's its own gift. But I challenge you, well, I don't know that it's a challenge. I'd ask you simply, how are you consuming, being sustained by, allowing God to nourish you in this season where you may feel distant from friends and family, where you may feel alienated from your own neighborhood for whatever reason? How are you taking a bite out of the fleshiness of God I think it's a question worth asking every day. If you don't want to use a cannibalistic sort of metaphor, how are you allowing the creation of God to nourish you? I think we could all use wrestling with that question. So with that in mind, I invite you to join me in affirming our faith as a community here at North Decatur. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.